Iowa everywhere. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. No placenta talk today. We're not talking about aliens. None of that crap. (laughs) It's on. It's the real deal, McCoy. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. I'm Chris Williams. He is Chris Hassel. It is the Thursday show, September the 7th. Final show before the 2023 Cyhawk game. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. I'll be swinging by Fairway tomorrow. Going to the, They have this badass meat locker in Ames. It's like... it. It is... It's like a meat paradise when you walk into this place. I'll be going there, drop my camper off, go and get me some high-end meat. I'm going high-end meat on Friday night. No cheeseburgers, nothing like that. We're talking ribeyes, probably going to get some shrimp. We will feast before the Cyclones feast on your Hawkeyes hmm. Saturday afternoon in Jack Tri Stadium. How are you, Chris uh, Hassel? Well, a little behind the scenes here. I showed up. Um, right on time, as usual. And, you know, you see I'm wearing my Hawkeye gear. And Williams goes, God damn it. Now I'm going to have to go put on my Cyclone gear well, or else people are going to be pissed at me. Truth, I was wearing my new channel pullover that they sent because I was, like, trying to rep the sponsor. Wait, you got a pullover? Yeah. What the hell? I don't know. I just got a polo. Well, you live in Florida. They were probably trying to... Okay, that's true. That's true. I probably thought you would get, use the polo more. That's true. The polo's sweet. I got it right here. Yeah. It's beautiful. No, I, I, was I just literally... haven't washed it yet. It still has the um, the pig corn smell on it. No, I was going to wear the channel gear, trying to give those guys a little extra love on the Cyhawk show, but that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll wear the colors, baby. Although, I don't even have any of my the real school colors. Yeah, I'll, as far as... I'll wear the colors, too. What do you got? What do you have on? Is that a is that a Hawkeye jersey? Um, yeah, it is. Oh my god! Wait a second. Wait, wait. There's one more thing. Wait. A- oh my oh god! My- it's the Petrus autographed jersey. How did you went and you, bought it? You bought it? I got a story for you guys. So I get a text from Bloom last night. He goes, "Hey, can I drop something off to your house?" I go, "Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Bring swing by." He shows up. It's the Petrus jersey, signed, the Petrus jersey, the infamous Petrus jersey. He goes, one of your listeners reached out to me. He lives in Oskaloosa, Iowa. He drove all the way up to Des Moines, spent his hard-earned money on the Petrus jersey for you, Williams, just for you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Williams' dream has come true. That is going to be – that's the prize piece at your new studio. Oh, yes. I feel like a kid – that just got, you know that video game you've been wanting on Christmas morning? <laughs> yep, yep. This is amazing. It's all yours, baby. I'll bring it by after the show. <laughs> that was a real um, curveball there, though, because it was like, what is Van Winkle wearing? Wearing Iowa gear? Yeah, what says, does he have? A, it's actually, a pretty nice jersey. You were giving, you were talking crap about it. Now, is that a game worn jersey? No, it's not because it doesn't it have stains on it. Hang on, an I'll take authentic, off, no. autographed Spencer Petrus jersey. Oh, and I freaking love it. Thank you to whoever did that. That's incredible. One of our listeners drove all the way from Oskaloosa to Des Moines to get it. I'm surprised. So I wonder if that was the the, the commenter that said, um, when we were in Vegas, you're like, I got to get that thing. And somebody in the comments was like, too late. I'm going to get it right yeah. now. <laughs> now, are those? Hang on. Yeah, that is pretty high quality there. It's oh, authenticated. I'm getting that thing professionally framed. It is going to be in the center of there the channel. You just helped with the uh, the Petrus NIL collection. So uh, shout out to Isaac in Oskaloosa. Isaac. God bless awesome, you, man. Isaac. That is freaking awesome. We got a lot of listeners down in the Oskaloosa. That's that's where uh, Kelderman and them boys are at. So we, we thank them. Well, thank you guys. That, that's incredible. Just made my day. 
Nothing can ruin this now short of an Iowa State loss. <laughs> Iowa on Saturday well, okay. will break it all down. Where's the line at right now? Is it still at faux? Yeah. Really, uh, inter- I was reading about this. VSIN, our, our friends at VSIN, one of their odds makers had a breakdown of it last night of mm-hmm. why the line moved. Moved from one three of those, and a half to four. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, there, there's two reasons. One, Iowa's game wasn't as bad as their, their box score, right? Like, it, it, if you just looked at the final score of it, you, the, the sharp people are looking at true. those first two drives and thinking that Kirk Ferentz kind of let the dogs off. I don't think they're in, I don't think they're factoring in McNamara as much as they should. Just uh, that, my opinion. That's the th- that's where I was just going to go. The, yeah. I think all you have to do is look at McNamara's health and look what he did in that game after he kind of retweaked that that quad and that right there to me makes this game a toss up. So, let me walk people through it. Why would the line move like that? Cuz we all watch these games and I thought four seemed like a lot for for that particular game after I watched both of them. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think Iowa State outperformed probably what, what most people were anticipating. Maybe not you. You thought they were going to kill Northern Iowa. Your and words, they did. not mine. Yeah. Um, so week one to week two in college football is wild. Because like look at a team like Colorado. Look at a team like Baylor. So it all goes off of power ratings, right? You, with these professionals are betting numbers, not not teams. And there's such a giant swing from one week to week one to week two in college football that a lot of them are not comfortable moving their numbers too much mm. as far as so I think when the Seahawks game came out at what it did, that game was originally going to be like 6 or 7. And I think a lot of them saw value on Iowa, which is why the thing spiked back up to four. That's how I've really come to understand what happened here. What do you mean it was going to be six or seven? And as it far was as the line goes, up to four. You mean it came Look. down to four? Yeah. After week God. one. Yeah. So, so going into the season, I, I'm saying before any games were going to be right. played, I thought that line would be a around week six. ago. Yes, yeah. I did too. I did too. And then once we saw the games, I thought that line would be two and a half. And I think the it's it's not the box score, it's not the final score, it's not how anything happened, it's not what Iowa State did against you and I, it's not um, that Iowa struggled with special teams a little bit with a punt block against um, Utah State. To me, it's almost all three about, punt blocks. <laughs> to me, it is all about what Cade McNamara can and can't do. And it is clear what he can't do. He can't move. He cannot move at all. So that, to me, has me leaning to take Iowa State in the points. Because, sure, Cade is still better than Petrus without being able to move. Because Petrus couldn't move either. But he also couldn't throw. McNamara can at least throw. And I don't think he can throw to the level that you would expect from him because you you can't look he's basically on one leg like that that's going to affect his throw a little bit that's going to affect his accuracy a little bit especially on a deep ball so he's not going to be up to the level of what he would be if he was 100% throwing the ball but he can still do it we saw it in that game even when yeah. he was injured when he we couldn't move he was still putting it in a pretty good spot for his wide receivers who need to catch the goddamn ball this week if I was going to win. Speaking of wide receivers, anxious to get your opinion on the Seth Anderson comments. Mm. I, I I might swerve here. Matt, do we have these? If not, yeah, we, we've got them. Let's, let's play the audio. Iowa, Iowa wide receiver Seth Anderson here. <laughs> what are you seeing on film from Iowa State? Uh, a lot of opportunity, for sure. In what way? In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little quiet there, but he he, well, he sees a lot of opportunity. Uh, he was asked about the Iowa State defense. I didn't think he was talking shit at all. I've heard that from some people. Um, I th- I think that if you're an Iowa State fan, you're clearly going to take it that way. <laughs> if you're an Iowa State player, you're clearly going to take it that way. Yeah, Why? if I'm John Haycock, I'll use it, but I don't think that's what he meant by it. Well... But but here's here's why I think that it will be used to Iowa State's benefit and why fans have jumped all over this. 
is because he wasn't asked about just the game in general. He wasn't asked about Iowa's offense. He was specifically asked, what did you see from Iowa State on film? That was the question. He wasn't asked about himself, his offense. He was asked about Iowa State. And that's when he said, I see a lot of opportunity. And so they asked to clarify in in what way? Mm. In a good way. I do think that he meant what he said, that they watched Iowa State, and even though Northern Iowa couldn't take advantage of it, they think they'll be able to take advantage of it. And I have no problem with it, none whatsoever. I'm fine with Seth Anderson being confident. I I took it as this might be the best pair of cornerbacks. This might be the best secondary Iowa plays all year. It'll be one of, you know, Penn State, you know. I, I, I took it at that. <laughs> it's weird I mean, how, I, like, that, we can watch the same clip and just have two Let's get Van Wink in here. Van Wink, I, break I the tie think, here. I thought that kid seemed really awkward, the young man. I thought he seemed really awkward, and, and I don't think he knew how to answer it, so he just said that. That's how I took it. He seems like a nice enough guy that he probably wouldn't want to, like, stir that <laughs> stir yeah, the pot he, up like that. I th- I think he was just giving a genuine answer and... Yeah, it, he just was got a little bit awkward with it. I do not think that in You're his always... head he was like, you know what, they've, they're they a great defense. They've got these great cornerbacks. It's a really good opportunity for me to show what I can do against a great defense. I don't think he meant that. You're I always don't. trying to stir the pot. I, I'm not trying to stir anything. At face value, given the question, he said, on tape, they saw <laughs> lots of opportunity. How could he say how could you take it as opportunity as like, oh, I'm going to torch these corners? Like, how many points did they score in last year's game? Well, that's why. That's week? why it's like, funny. That's why, why <laughs> nationally that quote has kind of taken off as well, and people are are snickering at it because of the lack of offense that Iowa has, because of the wide receiver drops in game one. Because uh, you wouldn't expect an Iowa wide receiver or anybody on Iowa's offense to say anything like that. That's why. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm I'm fine with it. I want yeah. him to be confident. He, I yeah, want him just, to see opportunity. He just doesn't seem like a shit talking type to me. I watched some of his other stuff. He seems like a really subtle, like nice, nice guy. But whatever. It, it, at the end of the day, it does not matter what he meant. Doesn't no, matter. you're right. All that matters is how Iowa State will take it. <laughs> That's it. And, it, and, and if any coaches. This is why they all hate the media and stuff, because Mm -hmm. you know they'll use it. Absolutely. I mean, you know that that's going to be used. You know it. Ben Bruns, former player, he said, I'm just going to leave this right here. He saw the quote, put it on his timeline. You know that even if it's just a couple players Mm -hmm. that get something out of this. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be the difference in the game. Are you going to play three points better because you think that you were slighted? Probably not, but these guys are looking for every bit of motivation they can. They don't need it. Sure, you can go out there and play all kinds of motivation already, but this, every little motiv- bit of motivation helps. The The other highlight to come from Iowa's media session was the the elite, the great, the legendary Tory Taylor. That's the most famous punter in America you're talking about. In the world. Yeah. Claims that he's been flipped off by eight-year-olds at Jack Trice Stadium. Uh, do we have uh, Do we have video of this? We we do not have video of what, this. What video one. of the eight-year-olds flipping him off in twenty twenty one? Um, I think Kate. I, I we we saw Carl Pepper come back yesterday. We're now Iowa State. Uh, young fans are now in the head of the punter. You almost had three blocked punts last week against Utah yeah, State. The, the 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 punt coach is pretty pretty salty about that. Do we have the Do we have Carl Pepper, Matt? Maybe we can get Carl Pepper pulled up. Um, I mean, he tried to act like it's no big deal, but I mean, you could tell it's kind of in his head a little bit. I mean, he used the c word. The uh, 
th- this does not surprise me if eight-year-olds in Jack Trice Stadium are, are flipping off Tory Taylor. <laughs> Isaac, the only, the only thing who that was gave you the Spencer Petrus jersey. Thank you, Isaac. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. Eight-year-olds are Clorinda Academy students. No, Isaac, the Clorinda Academy students would just be waving at Iowa players. They would fit in really well at Maybe waving with one finger. You got Carl Pepper? All right. That Coach Pepper, I know you had that punt blocked on Saturday, and now you're facing statistically the better punting unit this week. What are your concerns (laughs) with the Cyclones? That's a clown question, bro. (laughs) I mean, come on. You think we're scared of a team that has one half-rate coach in charge of the punting unit, the field goal unit, the kickoff unit, and the running backs? (laughs) I mean, that poor bastard doesn't stand a chance. I don't know if you know this, but we have the most famous punter in world history. So when this game comes down to a punt... That was for you, Williams. And it will. Thank you. We'll find out how special they really are. Mark my words, folks. We're gonna, we're gonna pepper their asses. <laughs> the best part of the video was your impersonation of the sports writer asking the question. blocked on Saturday, and now you're facing statistically the better. I even threw in a Saturday, not oh Saturday, Saturday. That that's got local sports writer. Sportscaster written all over it. You've been in the you've been in too many of those. All right, let's get down to let's get down to the game here. I really think running the football is just a massive, massive key for both of these teams. We can talk about turnovers. We're we're obviously gonna hit on the special teams. That's a big deal with this game. But if McNamara is is dinged up, which we know he is, you're looking at an Iowa State team where sure Rocco Beck did everything he needed to do last week, but this is a totally different deal. Like we've seen, we've seen that Iowa defense bait Brock Purdy into three, you know, interception type of games. Uh, that so my my I guess my guess is my my point, Chris, is I'm not entirely confident about either quarterback going into this one. I would give Iowa the edge because of McNamara's background, right? Mm-hmm. That he's he's played in so much more football. But again, like how. How hurt is he? We, we we don't really know that. This just screams to me, you've got to be able to run the football in some capacity, and then you look at two suspect offensive lines going up against elite defenses. What's going to give as far as the running game goes? That's a huge key for me going into this. Yeah, I think it's more important for Iowa to be able to run the ball because of McNamara's injury, and I'm going to launch right into my kitchen refresh, if that's all right. Is that good? Yeah, go for it. All right. No pros kitchen refresh. Um, and that's where we give, you know, I give my perspective on Iowa State and Williams on Iowa. For Iowa State, you got to get after McNamara. You got to get after his ass early. If you're going to err on one side, err on the side of sending more blitzers. If you can get him, you saw what happened last week. As soon as he started moving, that quad started acting up he clearly cannot move Iowa might be game planning to try to get the ball out faster and if I'm Iowa that's what I'm going to try to do because the the longer he holds on to the ball more of a chance there's an Iowa State player bearing down on him and he's just going to have to go down Kirk Ferentz said there's not going to be any bootlegs not going to be any quarterback sneaks if I'm Iowa State I am getting after him early and getting getting some pressure on that pocket. And and I think if they can do that, Iowa could be in some trouble. If they can get with the offensive line, it was better in pass protection in week one, but that was Utah state. You got to get after McNamara and try to force him to make a quick decision and move because I I think he's more hurt than a lot of people believe. I, I really do. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. And this will be a really good test, too, for these Iowa wide receivers. We're joking around about Seth Anderson. But, listen, I think Iowa State – I think that Iowa State has the secondary to compete with your tight ends. Like, I think Malik Verdon can come up and put a hit on the tight ends. And 
I think that Jeremiah Cooper can. But when I look at this matchup, here's what Iowa State will do. They're going to try and get pressure with three, obviously. But they're less experienced at linebacker than they are in the front end and in the back end. They're going to bring heat. I, I wouldn't if I'm Iowa State. I'm not doing the getting pressure with three thing. Like no, I, they're going. I'm saying they're going to bring heat with the linebackers. Yeah, they need you. to. Yeah, I, I promise you, and that's going to open some things up. And again, those tight ends. But I, I, I think Malik Verdon. That would be my prediction in this one. He'll probably lead the team in tackles because I think he's going to be up on your tight ends a lot. But there's going to be one on one opportunities for your wide receivers against those Iowa State corners. And it's a no joking around. It is a great opportunity for Seth Anderson and Caleb Brown and those types of guys, Nico Reganey, to go one-on-one. They're going to play you straight up in that that passing game. And I don't have much confidence in Iowa's wide receivers. I mean, I... I I think Ragini, it's a big test, though. It's been Ragini a big talk of the offseason. You're going to get your chance. That's my point. Yeah. They're going to get their chance in this game. And if I'm Iowa, if I'm Kirk Ferentz, forget about getting under center. Like, forget about that. Do you really want McNamara bending down like that on every single play, putting pressure on that quad, and then having to do dropbacks? Put him in the shotgun. Let him already be there, ready to throw when he when he gets the snap. Like at some point, you got to adapt. I mean, I know that's what you want to do. You want to be able to have a quarterback under center for your offense, but the guy can't move. Put him in the shotgun for God's sake. As an Iowa State fan, wouldn't you rather see him under center than in the shotgun? Yes. And what if it's fourth and one? What if it's third and one? Kirk Ferentz says they're not going to quarterback sneak. I, He's the coaches lie. I don't, They'll sneak it. I, I I I don't see why he can't quarterback sneak it if he's already under center. I What's mean, it's not hurt? like, yeah. Now the bootleg might be a different story. I, I I don't I don't think he can move like that, especially after he gets you know gets that thing tweaked early on in this game more than likely. But that's a the, the quarterback sneak has been a huge part of Iowa's offense the last decade. I mean, that was Nate Stanley's thing. That's one of the few things they've been able to do. And are they going to have to run in Deacon Hill for a quarterback sneak? Do it. The guy's the guy's huge. He's got to be close to three hundred pounds. Even if Iowa State knows that's what you're going to do. Yeah, the chances of stopping it on third and one are really short. I mean, if you've got a quarterback that can that can pull it off, I'll do mine. I'm going a little more big picture for Iowa. My my kitchen refresh perspective, kitchenrefreshiowa.com. I heard we picked up a customer for them recently, so that's great. Great. Uh, I, I'm going a little big picture. It just feels like a really important spot for Iowa here. Chris, because in the offseason, we, we kind of you knew this would be a tough game. We've we kind of penciled in a win. I don't think a lot. I, I don't think every Iowa fan thought it was going to be a tough game. And I, I don't think every Iowa fan thinks it's going to be a tough game. Well, it certainly because of the injuries and how week one played out, it, it, it looks and, and it's not our opinion. Uh, Las Vegas has closed the power ratings in on these two teams. But with the McNamara injury, uh, the the jury's still out on the offensive line. We can't after one week. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, write a book about a about a unit. We'll see. But it, it didn't. We didn't come away from week one with Iowa's offensive line being like, oh man, like they're definitely a notch better than they were a year ago. Like we, didn't, I don't think anybody came away with that. And what's the the expectations because of this schedule and because of the transfers had gotten so high, Chris, that boy, this this is a really key spot for Iowa when it comes to hitting that win loss total, when it comes to fulfilling what did you say, ten and two or bust or whatever. Some way well, of people saying that. I, I, I have them going nine and three, and I think that if they do go nine and three and I think if you told Iowa fans you're gonna go nine and three before the season started, maybe before McNamara's injury, they would probably be a little bit disappointed 
I think 10 and 2 is kind of that mark. I mean, you got to expect to compete for a division championship. You can't be like out of the race with multiple games to go. You can't just look totally overmatched against Penn State on the road. You 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 need to take that that next step. So yeah, you're right. You, you, no no one that's an Iowa fan was W and Ling this season and, and having them lose at Iowa State. That's my point. But it is a possibility. No, it's just a key spot because if you get out of here with the win, man, you'd like to think the is it Western Michigan next? Honestly, Iowa? I don't even know. Williams, yeah. we take it one game at a time. You know, we, <laughs> okay, we just look Pepper. at the team uh, uh, that we have this week. You, you would like to hope that perhaps you get out of here and McNamara is not any worse, and you could turn this thing not around because it's not bad. You're you're one to know at this point, but man, I I just I look at this now. If if you lose it. Your quarterback's at 60%, and then all of a sudden, you know, this Brian Ferentz thing is going to keep going, right? Like, if you lose this game, I highly doubt that Iowa scores 25 points. I'm just, again, I I don't have a huge, like, point here. I'm just looking Mm -hmm. at it. This looks like a much more key spot in the season for Iowa than it did even two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. No, I think that's a a good point. Pre-McNamara. Because the expectations got so high. Yes, and I I think they've come down. I mean, they've come down for me. It is totally different now with Cade McNamara's injury. I don't think that they can go in and and beat Penn State. I don't think that they can go to Wisconsin and win that game. And and I think there's going to be points during the season, even if he stays healthy enough to stay out there. I mean, these coaches are good. Some of these defenses are good. If you can't move at all, boy, I don't know if you get to nine wins. I still worry about Iowa. I really do worry about Rocco Becht here in this spot if they can't run the football, though. And I just don't think Iowa State's going to be able to run the football well. And just... We've seen it so many times in this. Rivalry. I don't either. If you're Iowa's defense, you just sell out on stopping the run early. Stop the run. Make this young quarterback do something against you. Now we've seen so many quarterbacks lose their mind against but, Iowa over the years. Last season, forget Hunter Deckers beat Iowa with a 99-yard drive at Kinnick Stadium, and you don't in these matchups. You often don't need much. I mean, we've seen games where you don't even need a touchdown to win the game. You know, you, you, you all you need is nine points, 10 points, 15 points. And this doesn't look like it's going to be any different. I mean, this has got to be the, the lowest total for an Iowa State game that they've ever played. I believe it is. Yeah, we did the math on that earlier this week. 36 and a half. And I don't know if they get there. I saw we were getting a lot of uh, score predictions in the chat. My dad came in. Iowa 16, Iowa State 10. And he says that's with a pick six. (laughs) I don't feel like I really need to clarify this, but one pride Hawkeye says, why are you so much more confident in this game than the Northern Iowa game? I'm, I'm not. I thought Iowa State would beat Northern Iowa. The points that I'm making is because I've seen the team now we hadn't we hadn't seen anything from Iowa State there were a lot of questions and there still are um I I don't know I I was for sure Iowa State would beat Northern Iowa didn't think that they would kill them like Chris did but I'm I'm not more confident in this game if, if I don't know what else to say to that the uh our dads my dad has just been a what menace. Is, so I didn't know your dad was on Twitter. Yeah. He's pretty uh he really hates he, Iowa. You sent me a tweet of his and it's like Wait, what's this one? Okay, there he is, Mike Williams. It's game week, period. Iowa already talking smack, period. Seth For Anderson, ISU. Tory huh? Taylor talking smack. Can you let me finish? For ISU is watching film and getting ready to play, period. Who won last year? Question mark. 
Put that in your pipe and smoke it, period. All the Iowa band, also, wait, also the Iowa band go out the right door this year, period. <laughs> Taking care of business again, comma, got a good feeling, exclamation point, comma, go Cyclones. Yeah, if you don't follow Mr. WISU, you're not doing Twitter right. <laughs> oh, I, I can't believe I'm just now learning that Mr. Williams is on Twitter. Like my, my dad's part- on Twitter, but he, he doesn't know how to do that. Like your dad posted, what, a GIF? And I don't know what that is. an entire paragraph. All my my dad has no clue. You saw his last tweet. He just he tweeted Chiz Williams <laughs> with a picture of his Manhattan. So then it got better from the the menace, Mike. He uh, he was watching the Cyhawk volleyball game, the Iowa Corn Cyhawk series. Thanks to Iowa Corn, they're our sponsor of the month here on Iowa Everywhere. I, uh, I didn't even know this game was going on last night, and I, I wish I would have. I probably would have paid attention. The uh, Apparently, the Iowa volleyball team got off to a 2-0 lead over Iowa State. Iowa State comes back, wins three straight. And I'll let you read it. You do a pretty good job of reading. Okay, it's a gif of a, of a dog scooting its ass on the carpet. And it says, what a great comeback for our ISU volleyball at Iowa tonight, exclamation point. Started slow and did not panic, comma. Got their mojo going and won it in five, period. Got a quick photo of Iowa going back to the locker room. Go Cyclones. And it's the dog scooting its ass on the carpet. Man, oh man. By the way, my dad tells your dad to suck it. I, I, I think you'll have to report that to HR. Oh, that's good shit. The, we uncovered a, a photo of you. Oh, God. No, this photo's been out there for years. In total Hawkeye garb. And it looks like you're in college. I've not this. Everybody knows I was an Iowa fan. You've got a, a Hawkeye sweatshirt on. You've got a Hawkeye backwards hat. And how old are you here? You're in college, right? Is that no. Carper you're with? Yeah, that's me. That's high school. I don't know where in high school, but that's us in high school. It just it blows look at my how mind. Big of a douchebag do I look like right there? My that God. you were Did you have the bleach? Did you have bleach tips too? Uh, yeah, many points in my life yeah. I had the bleach. Oh, he had tips, a, he yeah. had a couple bleach tips. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what that means. So did you see somebody go in those in the comments? Pull that picture back up again, Ben. <laughs> somebody goes, "Who are you with, Eminem?" And then <laughs> and then someone commented, "Feminem." <laughs> That's a Big Twelve linebacker right there. Believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, say it to his face. Yeah, <laughs> say it to his face. <laughs> oh shit, that's good stuff. All right, uh, we have a lot else to to get to. I guess let's get, let's do score predictions. All right. I'll I'll just dive right in. I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Iowa State sixteen to thirteen. Okay, so the commenter was right. You are more confident in this game than you were against no. an FCS team. It's not it's not the truth. Iowa State sixteen thirteen. I thought about doing like eleven to nine or something. Just really. <laughs> well, yeah, there was like a that. year. It was two thousand eight. It was seventeen five. Right. I just think like. The way this set, it's all the McNamara thing. If he was healthy, yes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make this pick. I just don't. And I and I'm overthinking it because again, what have we learned here? All coaches lie. And like his his comments on McNamara were very forthcoming. Is he lying to us? Is he? But then I saw with my own two eyes. Yeah, I don't think you around. can look at last week's game and look to see how he was moving after he basically had three weeks of rest. He was practicing a little bit. But he wasn't, you know, he wasn't running around like crazy, making quick movements. And that was I just on three saying, weeks rest. Last week I saw an Iowa State special teams, and I'm totally locked in on their defense. The key, well, from if, an Iowa State perspective. Williams, if you listen to, to Campbell, you've had a great special teams all these years. Shut it up. was a myth. It was Coaches a farce. Lie. Coaches lie. Coaches lie. The, the key to me is is really the off, off, obviously the offensive line, but it's the quarterback play. And I've just seen good Iowa State teams lose their minds, good Iowa State quarterbacks, one that's a captain of the 49ers now, lose their mind against this Iowa defense because they aren't patient enough. 
that's going to be the key from an Iowa State perspective offensively. I do think Iowa State's defense will will be really tough for Iowa to move the football on. But and that's been the case in other years, and Iowa's won this game comfortably. So, yeah, really low scoring. Comes down to some field goals. Turnovers. Classic Cyhawk football game. I would I would take the points for Iowa State. If it, if you can get it at four, take that. I mean, we've seen over the years, and with any Iowa game, really, it's close. It's razor-thin margins, but I'm not willing to bet that Iowa State, with a first-year starting quarterback against Iowa's defense, I'm not willing to bet that they're going to be able to pull this off. Yeah, that's I think fair. Iowa wins a really tight game. I'm going to go 17-14 Iowa. So Iowa State covers. Iowa gets the win. I think this game is really close because of Cade McNamara's injury. And my dad's in there. He's saying that his best drive was after he hurt his leg. Get get out of here with that. He's not... He He's 60% at best. Now, maybe this week he's... He's resting and he'll be he'll be better for the first couple drives again and maybe Iowa puts up points on those first couple drives and that's all they need. I don't know. But I, we we all saw what he was like out there limping around. And this is a really good defense he's playing. Utah State has a terrible defense. This is a big boy defense. One of the best in the Big 12. One of the tops in the country. He's not going to be able to just Throw it out there and do what he did against Utah State. But I have enough confidence in him over Rocco Becht that I'm going to pick Iowa. I also like the fact for Iowa that last week, Iowa State's kind of riding high over expectation. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Blew out a team that a lot of people thought they would struggle with. And Iowa kind of did the opposite. No, you're right. That it was lackluster, me too. and and so now you know you can. We're, there's some doubters out there now, and I think I think the defense plays better. I think the special teams will be better. They better be. They will be. Those two will be sure up. It's it's down to the Iowa, really that offensive line of McNamara. That's the key. Now you can't be making special teams mistakes. I mean that can't happen. Iowa will clean those up. That's I, I a week so one too. to week two jump that will happen. I think They're so too. Kidding. Their defense will be fine. I'm not worried at all about that from an Iowa side. It's the you you nailed it on the quarterbacks. Like that's my key to where I think Iowa State could really lose this thing. And and I'm also like I'm not a hundred percent sold on Iowa State special teams either. We just need to see more. Like one game doesn't turn around the last five years or whatever it is, right? Sure, <laughs> the last eternity, basically. I want to thank our great sponsors, Channel Seed. We are in the Channel Seed studios. I'm actually going to be going out. I have to look at my calendar. I think it's next Tuesday. I'm going out to a, a farm with some Channel Seedsmen. Are you going to go spread some seed out there? Well, the, spe- the seed has already been spread for the year. We're okay, going to do so- a little promotional video for our friends at oh, Channel all right. Seed. Great. Yeah, I had my uh, Channel C pullover on, but uh, you made me change. So I didn't make you do anything. All I did was show up. No, I just I know how it goes. And then like you'd be in an Iowa shirt, I would be in a neutral one, and then you pull up that picture of me in a Hawkeye shirt, and people, oh, I knew it. I I, just, I know how this is gonna hey, go. Hey, how about this? If if Iowa wins on Saturday, you wear the Petrus jersey on Monday's show. Deal. Mm. What does Hassel have to do? And you wear it mm. backwards with the autograph showing. Yeah, what does Hassel have to do? Um, I'm trying to think. Do I have any? I still have some Iowa State gear that Steve Prohm sent me uh, when <laughs> he took over the uh, the Iowa State job. Um, and I'm sure if I don't have that, Bloom and his wife would send me something. I still don't admit to sending the fake meat box, but they're All always right. behind every move. We got to get moving. We got to go our top three games of the week. We're Wait, also. Can I ask you one question though? I wanted to ask you on the on the Cyhawk game. Yeah. What? Why do you think Iowa State has struggled so much more against Iowa in Ames over the last fifteen years? Because you go back. Yeah, I don't know. The, since that shaggy kick in two thousand seven, where you won all field goals. Yeah. There's 15. just been. 
There's been one win for Iowa State. That was the in Steel Ames, Jance game. And it was in triple overtime. That's it. Part of this this doesn't mean anything. I hate it when guys like us do this cuz it means nothing, but part of me just feels like they're due. Yeah. Honestly, that's part of the reason why I think they're going to win. Like, it's terrible analysis. It means nothing. Well, see, in, in my mind, they were due last year, and so they got that. So now you guys don't need to win again for 10 years because you were due, you got that, and now you can kind of move on and we can go back to normal I just, Iowa winning every year. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I wish that I did. I don't think it's like a. I don't know. Some coaches will claim when you go on the road, there's less pressure and us against. I don't know if that's real or not. I know a I lot of I still find it hard coaches. to believe that Iowa State won that game last year. I, I, I know, like in basketball, there have been some Iowa State teams that have struggled in Hilton because they psych themselves. Like the Hilton Magic thing means so much that if they lose one game, everybody loses their freaking mind. Like, Look at, I did know. You see that picture? You see, you see that picture? So this week, you know, Tory Taylor saying all these Iowa State fans, eight-year-olds fingering them. Look at this. Iowa State getting the Cyhawk Trophy in front of a bunch of Iowa fans, younger Iowa fans, and they're not fingering anybody. No, they're just yelling obscenities. <laughs> oh, that young guy, look at that one guy. Him. He looks like he's about to stab him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I guess, so you want to move on from Cyhawk talk? Is that what you're saying? Well, we've got our games of the week, and then we're we, for the first time oh, this year we're giving yes. out our circa millions and circa survivor picks. Real quick, we should probably do the weather forecast. Real quick, our friend Amber oh. Alexander, if you're going to the game this weekend, you want to know what the weather's going to be like. Real quick, let's hear. A and you said minute. she she did eat her placenta right after she gave birth. I don't know. We need to bring her on and ask her. Okay. I know that we. She texted me about it. She was literally in labor. God's honest truth. Amber is in labor in her hospital bed, sends me a note that she's going to be out for a few weeks because she's having her child. And she goes, have not yet decided on the placenta. (laughs) While she's in labor. And I was just like, this is my kind of gal. That's great. She belongs right here with us on Iowa Everywhere. Let's see what the weather will be like. I'm Iowa Everywhere Chief Meteorologist Amber Alexander with a look at your forecast for the Cyhawk weekend. Friday, if you're coming into town, temperature is going to be around 80 degrees in the afternoon, but it may start off a little cooler. We're aiming at about the low 50s for the morning, looking mostly sunny with the wind out of the east. Now, Cyhawk Saturday is looking like a fantastic day for football. We're going to start in the 50s, so you may want a jacket for tailgating time if you're waking up early, especially around 8 a.m. We're expecting a temperature around 58 degrees by 11 o'clock noon, we're looking at the mid to upper 70s, and then by 1 p.m. around 80 degrees with highs topping out in the lower 80s. So expect first half and the second half to be around the low 80s with the wind out of the southeast between 5 and 15 miles per hour. Mostly sunny at the start of the game with a few extra clouds moving in by the end of the game. That's your forecast for Iowa Everywhere. I'm Chief Meteorologist Amber Alexander. Man, it's a hell of a lot better than last week when we all just baked. Sunny with a chance of placenta. Yeah, that's a good forecast. I like that. Waking up with a waking up with a uh, a coat on, fifty One of degrees. Our commenter says the best part of waking up <laughs> is placenta in your cup. Jesus. <laughs> oh God. Hassel's obsession with placenta is starting to get concerning. Says Lightsmith Media. Well. I've 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 heard from a lot of people that I that I trust, a lot of people that I value their opinion that they are that they really like the placenta talk. So, if I hear that, yeah, I feel the placenta like I've got talk bring gets it. a lot of love. You're right. <laughs> okay, let's Thank do our you, top Amber. three. I I, I saved uh, the best game of the week for you. You, you you've got the you've got all the good ranked matchups in yours. I've got the kind of like we'll, we'll start with you, Hassel, because you've got the better. You have okay. the actual better games, and mine are the more off the. All right, I'm stunned type. that you didn't pick this one. Well, you, you, again, you sent me your list yeah. before I did mine. I thought you would take this one. But this I was is... trying to spread it out. I knew we would get this one on here, no doubt. 
Nebraska at Colorado. I mean, enough said. It's it's a, again big noon kickoff. Brady Quinn. Uh, he had to record some stuff early with us uh, yesterday because he had to leave early to get to Boulder because it's going to be that kind of a scene. It is going to be madness in Boulder, Colorado, coming off the win over TCU. They're ranked 22nd now. They're a three-point favorite against Nebraska. The Cornhuskers with a long week coming off another blown loss. 7.3 million people watched that Colorado TCU game. This number might exceed that because Nebraska is a national brand. And because of what Colorado did last week, that's a noon Eastern time, 11 central kickoff. And I think that the, the spread there goes into what you were saying, Williams, that there's not a ton of overreaction in week one, because I would have expected Colorado to be a seven point favorite after what they did in Nebraska losing on the road. They're a three point favorite there. So that's my first game. Next game for me is Texas A&M Miami. Okay. Texas A&M is at Miami, four-point favorite on the road. Both A lot on the line for both of these programs. I mean, th- there's big-time pressure on Jimbo now. Like, Jimbo needs to have a good season after last year's mess. They didn't make a bowl game. They gave him all that money. You've got to be able to win a game like this. And for Miami... Every offseason, oh, here they come. Oh, they're loading up. Oh, they have all these great recruits. Come on, are you going to show up? Are your fans going to show up? Like, let's let's fill that stadium up. Let's get a real atmosphere, and let's have a good ball game. I think this is going to be a fascinating game to watch. And then the one I'm heading to, Tuscaloosa. The Crimson Tide hosting the Texas Longhorns. Alabama, a seven-point favorite. Uh, Boy, last year that thing came down to the wire, even without Quinn Ewers, who was knocked out in the first quarter of that one. Texas kicking themselves. They should have won that game. Bryce Young made all the plays late. Now Alabama's got Jalen Milrow. Uh, Looked good against Middle Tennessee. Can Texas finally get that huge win that they have been searching for? That what a cool deal that you get to call that game. I can't wait. Yeah, it's I'm really happy for you. That that's that's incredible. Yes. I mean we'll growing be an electric up dreaming, atmosphere. dreaming of calling a game like that. I and getting I, I just I hope that Texas can live up to to, to the moment. I, I, I worry that Alabama is a level of he- ahead of Texas. Texas did not look good offensively against Rice. Quinn Ewers just has not been able to connect on deep balls. Like it's it's a lot of dinking and dunking for him. They've got to be able to go deep over the top against Alabama. Both these teams have offensive line issues, so that's going to be a problem. Uh, even though Texas returned every starter on their offensive line, and they still have not been good. But uh, really looking forward to that. That's a night game, six o'clock Central Time in Tuscaloosa. I would definitely take the seven points. In that game, you would take it for Texas. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they'll win, but I would absolutely take the points. Steve is daring me to say placenta on the air on the national Learfield Ooh. radio broadcast. Feels like a. Bad you know idea. what? I probably could have snuck that in last week because Mike Golick Jr. was dipping anything and everything into Mayo, into Duke's Mayo, because it was the Duke's Mayo Classic. I probably could have asked him, "Hey." If we had placenta in the booth, would you dip that in Duke's Mayo? <laughs> I don't know if I can sneak it in this week. We need to get a ray gun on a shirt. You could Chris say, Hassel, you could say, big placenta guy. Quinn Ewers was throwing the football inside that placenta when he was before he was born. <laughs> oh my! He's God. so good. He was he was holding the football. Wait, before. so are you? Is that what babies are inside of a placenta? Yes. In the in the womb. Really? In, in the womb. Yeah. No shit. That's what that is. <laughs> no way. Is that true? Yes. Wait. So you're if you're eating the placenta, you're eating the house that your baby was grown in. I thought the placenta kind of. just like well, it's fed kind, the it's, baby. It's it's like in it. I don't know. Here, I'll I'll pull a picture up. All right. 
Yeah, pull Williams, up you started picture. the broadcast by saying we weren't going to talk about ghosts or placenta or anything yeah, like that. No, the placenta is in there. It's what feeds the baby. Yeah, okay. I was right. Well, but it's still in there. The placenta is in the okay. inside of the womb. There was something good in that placenta to get him to play like this. Oh, God. You're kind of grossing me out, Van Wink. <laughs> I am? He's grossing you out? <laughs> All right, I'm just trying to figure right? out how you can get that on the air. I like that. All right, let's go back to the games of the week. I'll give you my three. Friday night, you're tailgating. Oh, Friday. Il- yeah, Illinois at Kansas. Huge game for both of these teams. Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, didn't play last week, so we didn't really get a fair look at them. Illinois really struggled with Toledo. I trust Brett Bielema. This is a total contrast in styles. They want to play that gross Iowa brand of football. Kansas is basically air raid anymore. Really contrasting styles here. This will be a blast on Friday night. Yeah, I, can't, I can't believe that how much Illinois struggled in that first game. Because I, I feel like behind Wisconsin and Iowa, Illinois is the other team that could compete for a Big Ten West championship this season. And maybe they still will. Sometimes when, with games like that, yeah. that, that catapults you. And if if they go in and beat Kansas, all good. I think they could. I I think they have a shot. Well, my, my second one is Utah at Baylor. Yes. So Baylor doesn't have a quarterback now. So Blake Shapin's out for two to three weeks. I'm assuming Cam Rising's going to be out again for Utah. This is a tricky spot. Baylor fans are wanting their coach fired now. <laughs> um <sighs> Really, that that one took a turn. They lost to Texas State, and didn't Texas State like killed them? They they, they put like, up like 40, 40 yeah, plus against it was, them. It was ugly. And Dave Aranda's a defensive guy, so things don't look good there. And then you lose your quarterback on top of it. But it's still a tricky spot when you're Utah. I hate got, this spot. If oh, I'm it's the worst. If I'm Utah, I hate you coming off that monstrous win. Awful. Against where you just pound Florida, one of the one of the greatest home scenes they've probably had there in Utah, where you kick off the season on a Thursday night, long week, everybody's singing your praises, and now you're going to what you thought was going to be another, you know, it's Power Five team, Big Twelve team, and Baylor just gets the the brains beat out by Texas State. I I hate that. If Awful I'm a Utah spot. fan. Awful spot. We'll learn a lot about Baylor too, because like, is this a rebound type where Randa's told about bunch they suck all week, or mm-hmm. is it they're just really not any good? And we'll find out. Because Utah, I don't bet against Kyle Winningham very often. Like he's a freaking top five coach in the country, probably. Where are you leaning on this one with Utah minus eight on the road? I would probably play Baylor. Yeah, I I I think so too. I would probably pay. Yeah. Same reason position. I would play Texas Tech in this next one. In fact, this might be one of my locks of the week. Listen, I know they lost at Wyoming. I get it. Like I understand Again, all of it. It's just a horrible spot for Oregon. Yeah. Oregon, won, they put up, what, 81? Yeah. Is that what they scored in their opener against Portland State? Now they got to go down to Lubbock, which is going to – that place is going to be on fire for this game. That is a brutal place to play. Texas Tech lost to Wyoming, but they shouldn't have been playing in that spot in the first place. They were up 17 to nothing and then fell asleep at the wheel. They are not as bad as a lot of people are making them out to be. I think Texas Tech might win this game outright. I, I totally agree. I Oh, it's going to be hot. 93 play degrees. Play the under on that one, too. That's Total of 69. Yeah. Play the under there. Nice. Okay, Van Wink with his lock of the week. Nice. Yeah, I love I love Texas Tech in that spot. So, man, it's really a good weekend of games. There's a not a lot of like ranked games, but there's a lot of Power mm-hmm. Five on Power Five games. All right, let's do this. We were out in Circa a couple weeks ago, signing up for Circa Millions and Circa Survivor, and we're gonna give you our picks each and every week so you know where we're at. You can actually follow the standings, too, if you go to circusports.com. And uh, we have a couple of I, – I have a second entry. Me and Jason Luch are doing one in, in Millions. And then Liebel is going to do one in Survivor for us. So we have four Iowa everywhere. 
entries. Let's start. Matt, do you want us to start with their survivor pick or our Yeah, let's get pick? the survivor out of the way. All right. We are going with the Baltimore Ravens. We had talked, right, Chris, about the Washington Commanders. Yeah, I kind of like the Commanders because they're playing uh, basically a college team in the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and uh, what are the rules here? If you pick a team, you can't pick them again? Yes. So how many times are you really going to be looking at picking the Commanders? But You're, you're right. It's, it's week one. You just There's too Do many you, unknowns in week one. It's it's probably a little bit safer. The line is anyway, because the commander's line is seven against the Cardinals. Baltimore is is going to face a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. And, and a rookie head coach, right? The, yes, they're the only yeah. double-digit favorite of the weekend as well. So we're going Baltimore, but that means we can't pick him again. But we, That's okay. Survive we, week one. That's my theory. Yeah. Survive, survivor. So we're going Baltimore Ravens over the Texans week one. And Liebel is going to go with Seattle. He's he's rolling the dice on on his. Wow. This is a little bit more of a wild yeah, card. I didn't see. I didn't realize. With are they a five point favorite against the Rams? Yeah, no Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize with Survivor you only get to pick that team once. Yeah, throughout yes. the season, so it's like, man, you—it's tough. Th- there's a lot of strategy involved, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, Chris, you're you're right, and it it would be way more beneficial if Washington, if we had them, and then they moved on for us because we probably wouldn't want to pick them again. But these things, it was like I think it was last year, like the Colts played somebody and they tied, and like half. Oh the, yeah, what happens in a tie? You're you're done. You don't you don't have you have to win. The, the Colts, I believe, last year in week one with Circa were the most popular pick, and they tied and didn't move oh on. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's stressful. All right, here's our Circa Millions picks for the week. And explain it. So we pick five games, any yep. games we want, and we pick them against the spread in, in the NFL. Yep, and we're going up against pros here. Like, this is... We're <laughs> really going to put two guys named Chris to the, mm. to the test. Uh, the... What I like to do, I think Chris and I have a little different strategies, so we're going to have a little bit of a hodgepodge here. I like to go and look at the action to see. I just bet against the public because I don't know enough about the NFL, and I try and bet where I think the pros are at. We have some of those picks in here. Uh, The Bears are definitely a public play. Uh, that's where all the pros are on the Packers. But you you follow the Bears. We like the Bears. Justin Fields, this game's at home. New quarterback for the Packers. First start for Jordan Love. That's like the real thing with his team. I'm with you here. I'll go against the pros on this one, and you will ride with the Bears. Yeah, so here's where I'm at with the Bears. It's just like if Jordan Love goes in there, you finally get Aaron Rodgers the hell out of there. You're finally feeling better about your franchise if you're a Bears fan. You finally have your quarterback. This is it, okay? This is it. If if Jordan Love goes in there and beats the Bears in Chicago week one, the sky is falling in Chicago. Yeah, there will be point. people jumping into Lake Michigan. So this is a huge game for the Bears, and they're only laying one to go in Chicago there. And because we didn't take the Commanders, and just to 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 specify, uh, and we're in the comments as well, Jake. In the Survivor, it's straight up. In the Million contest, it's against the spread. So we need the Bears minus one against the Green Bay Packers at home. And since we didn't take the Commanders in Survivor, uh, we're going to go ahead and take the Commanders minus seven at home against the Arizona Cardinals, who are expected to be the worst team in the league. Who are they starting? Josh Dobbs at quarterback? <laughs> yeah, because they cut Colt McCoy. They are tanking. Yeah. They are going to try to get the top two picks in the draft because they have multiple picks that could be up high. And this should be a team that finishes uh, with the fewest amount of wins this season. I don't. Does Kyler Murray play at all? I don't know. He starts the season on pup. So it's going to be a really bad team against the Commanders, who are uh, so Pete Prisco thinks the Commanders are going to make the playoffs. So wow. uh, going with them as our second game. Commanders minus seven. We're taking the Bills at minus one against the Jets. That line's come down. That was yeah two and a half when I saw it a day ago. That's Monday Night Football. Bills at Jets. You know, one of the three best, three or four best teams in the league 
and the Bills, and then I'm basically just betting against all the hype around the Jets yes. more than anything. That's- Same, and, and and it goes the other way. Like the Bills are the team <clears throat> that's kind of been overlooked this this off season. Totally, they agree. were the team with uh, all the shine going into last year. They at this point last year they were the Super Bowl favorites. Josh Allen was the MVP favorite, and now nobody's really talking about the Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to jump up and and beat. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in week one. I really like the Browns at plus two and a half against the Bengals at home in Cleveland. It's a divisional underdog at home. It's an automatic. You just play it. And the Browns are going to be better this year. At least they're expected to. Deshaun Watson should be should look more like he did when he was with the Texans. I love their defensive line, too. And then, you know, Joe Burrow hasn't gotten a lot of reps. I just really like that spot for Cleveland. Yeah. And then... This fifth one was kind of – we tossed around. We had four or five games that we were considering for this one, but we're going to take the Chargers at two and a half against the Dolphins. Everybody loves the Dolphins right now. You're probably hearing a lot of it down there. I mean, they are just – Oh, yeah. All sorts of hype and going all the way across the country, playing out west. <clears throat> Chargers are good. It's not like they suck. So Yeah, and this is the year for the – like they have to make the playoffs this year or, or Staley's out. Uh, Herbert's the better quarterback between he and Tua. Tua's got yeah. the better weapons in Waddle and Hill, but it's it's in LA. It's not a huge home field advantage, but laying two and a half, I I like that pick too. I don't I don't really love anything in this in this how week you, one. How do you love anything without seeing the so teams? hard with the parity year to year in the NFL and teams going from worst to first all the time? You. I, it's tough. You've almost convinced me to second guess and take the commanders, but it's just the whole Sam Howell. There's, I'm talking about Survivor again. Like, there's so many, like, there's so much hype with Dan Snyder being gone. I just feel like we're a lot safer with Baltimore. The commanders' win total is only six and a half, so it's not like a lot of people are picking them to do much. But yeah, it's interesting. It's, for me, it's more about how bad the Cardinals are. Well, this will be fun. We're going to see how bad we are. Hopefully how good we are. I will have my locks of the week for college later on today. I am doing my spot with Mike Palm at about 5 o'clock Central Time. We will have legends and listeners coming up today as well. The Firmly Entrenched show aired yesterday, so that's already on your feed for Big 12 and Iowa State fans. By the way, our our last... Two guys named Chris on Monday blew away the all-time record for YouTube views for an Iowa Everywhere program. I mean, we're we're zeroing in on 4K just on YouTube, wow. and we get the majority, obviously, of our listeners on podcasts. But uh, I, I I like the trend. A lot of people they're hearing what Van Wink's doing as a as a great producer, and they're coming over and they're. They're putting this on their TVs. They're watching it on their phone. They're, they're, they're taking this in visually, which is great. It's the best way to take in the show because of what Matt, Matt's doing there in the background, no doubt. Thank you, everybody. Uh, enjoy your Cyhawk weekend. Hassel, enjoy it. We, we it's going to be really tough for me, guys. Okay, so, so we go to the stadium four hours before kickoff. So that's 2 o'clock Central Time. We're going to the stadium. Cyhawk game kicks at 2.30. So I'm going to be walking around Bryant-Denny tailgates, walking around the field, trying to also watch the Iowa-Iowa State game on my phone. So pray for me. Matt wants to ask real quick before we get out of here. Van Wink? Diarrhea airplane talk. Van Wink wants to know about the diarrhea airplane no, there's, talk? There's a guy in the... Oh, Matt Sampson in the comments. Yeah, did, you did you see, see that? the we video? The, yeah, did we you got see the video, video from that? Yeah. It was <sighs> really intense. Really intense stuff. So it, it looked to me from the video, and it, the video was the, was the aftermath of the diarrhea. Yeah. And so they were, it was a flight from somewhere in the United States to Barcelona. They had to turn the plane around over the ocean and come back because of this diarrhea scene and from the oh my god God, that's just disgusting from the video it looks like i'm just trying to picture it in my mind someone someone gets up out of their seat they have to go so bad but they're like they're 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 in the middle and they have to run 
to the front or the back to find to get to the bathroom and as they are running down the aisle it's just projectile shit everywhere just just a fountain out of the anus take it from a guy who was on a laxative for 14 months if you got to go put your <laughs> yeah, ass to the toilet i did someone sent that to me and they're like this 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 was chris williams <laughs> taking a laxative what are you zooming in on there van wink what is this Oh, divert diarrhea to Atlanta. Over. Passenger diarrhea all over. Biohazard. The SOS from the plane. What is happening? What is He's go- Chris Hassel. Matt oh, Van Did You have to zoom in on the... Oh. We're presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. That's going to be that's gonna be Rocco Becht walking <laughs> out of the tunnel, having to face this Iowa defense. Uh, it's going to be... Tory Taylor after the legions of preteen Cyclone fans getting his head early on, flipping him a bird. <laughs> Have a great weekend, guys. Take care. Iowa everywhere.